The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. It is a Wednesday. I'm Susan Littlefield. And of course, if it's a Wednesday, that means we've got Arlen Suderman joining us with FC Stone. Interesting times for for grain markets, just in markets in general. So many things stirring into this pot the early part of October from trade wars to Russia to USMCA's to, to money to weather. You name it. It's all got its hands in the pot to affect the trade. So Arlen, let's start out with the with where we're at with Russia. There's been so many issues sprouting up in the last day or so about them. How is that affecting our wheat market and the grains in general? Well, it's been a roller coaster ride because we know, of course, put in perspective of last year, they have just a monster crop. And so that's kind of changed our perspective. But the world became dependent on that wheat. That was a contributor to the big world wheat stocks. Even though more than half of the world's wheat stocks are in China and not on the export market. But that's another issue. Anyway, the big crop last year. This year, because of adverse weather, Russia wasn't able to live up to that. The crop they got was much smaller than last year. It was actually close to average for the last five years. The relative to the demand they picked up uh, when other countries were having smaller crops, uh, it, it started to catch the attention of the market. So world stocks started to work their way lower. And the general thinking has been, with the smaller crop, that Russia will likely end up limiting exports in some manner. And so periodically rumors will come out about Russia doing this or doing that. Maybe that's to limit exports. And the market will rally sharply. And then, and then Russia will say, no, we're not doing that. And, and the price will collapse once again. And overall, it's been a just kind of an upward bias, but it's been quite a roller coaster. And, uh, the latest saga of that story was uh, this week when a government watchdog organization uh, released a statement or a threat, really, to about 30 different export points in two top produce, uh, top exporting regions of Russia, saying, we will close you down if we confirm reports that you're shipping wheat over to other countries that doesn't meet phytosanitary uh, requirements. We'll shut you down for 90 days, kind of as a threat to get your act together. Well, this was thought, is this another way of limiting exports? So the market rallied sharply yesterday, and then early this morning they said, Russia said, no, we haven't done anything to shut down these points. It was simply a threat made, so to speak, to get them to pay attention to the rules that are out there. And the market started to fall again. But then wheat found some support on reports of free, a freeze in Argentina overnight in some key wheat producing areas and snows in Canada. But then it fell again on reports that, well, the damage wasn't as much as feared. And so wheat prices fell again. So it's been quite a roller coaster for the food grain. You know, and the harvest has had such a struggle just not only wheat, but we've seen that struggle in corn and beans as well. But from the wheat, it just has had one challenge after another. You talked about the snow. You talked about the rain, the freeze that saw some issues in, in Australia. So to try to pull up and be able to move forward has definitely been a struggle. 
Uh, it really has, and uh, what that to put in perspective again, that comes after several years when we just had virtually ideal weather for wheat production around the world, and that's how we built up these big reserves. So it does appear a little bit more of a pattern, a little bit more adverse growing conditions around the world, and that's allowing those world stocks to work their way lower. They're still ample. Uh, it depends on where that wheat is, and now it's a shifting around. The, the U.S., I mentioned China's big stocks. That's not really going to affect the world export market. The U.S. has big mar- stocks beyond China. In other words, we'll use up all the stocks elsewhere, and then once they all get used up, then they come to the United States. And it looks like that will probably take place sometime in the December, January time period, and that should enable wheat prices then to start working their way higher. So has the Greens kind of worked out their thoughts on the USMCA at this point? Yeah, soybeans are still the big problem, and that's more of a China thing. Uh, Corn, Mexico is a big customer buying our corn, and China doesn't buy much anyway. So when you look at the agreement uh, with Mexico and Canada, it really didn't affect corn because Mexico is buying corn all along. It is a good agreement for the dairy industry. It should improve things there. It is a good agreement for wheat because we have a lot of wheat flowing south into United United States, but what Canada would do is it would classify U.S. wheat differently than it classifies its own wheat, making it very difficult for wheat to flow north into Canada when the economics warranted. And that has been changed in this agreement, so it should allow the free-flowing of wheat and other grains across the border and maybe give a few more options for those in the northern plains uh, and elsewhere. Um, and uh, help support prices because right now prices are very depressed. And add to that this whole dairy situation, the effects it's going to have on dairy producers. I mean, Wisconsin and New York, of course, stick out first and foremost, but the issues that dairy folks are going to have in Canada with this agreement. Well, it's a very protected industry in Canada, and some of those protections have been given up in order to get an agreement. Um, and that was something left off. The dairy support program in Canada is very complex, and so in the past, it's just always been left off agreements. No one wanted to tackle it. Um, but in this agreement, they did tackle it, and President Trump made it a must um, a, a, a do or die type of an issue in this agreement. So Canada, in order to get an agreement, eventually relinquished and uh, started raising the quotas to start working their way toward freer trade. What about the dollar? We saw some bigger numbers again today. The dollar's been going up. Uh, we saw some weakness yesterday because of strength in the euro, but it's back to uh, its uh, trend toward higher levels. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Arlen Suderman is joining us. We'll dive more into what's happening in the grain side of it, this harvest, this weather moving in, and then, of course, the happenings on the livestock front as well. It's a busy Wednesday for these markets. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Arlen Suderman's joining us with FC Stone. As we look at these markets, it's a beautiful day. I mean, it is kind of muggy out, but producers I've talked to anxious to see the sunshine. 
That is until tomorrow when it sounds like more weather is moving into the Midwest, enough that the markets are talking about it. Yeah, certainly so. It didn't support today's price as much. It did yesterday. Um, but there's some real concerns. A lot of moisture coming up over the desert southwest into the central and southern plains and into the core of the Midwest. In fact, uh, areas of the plains are expected to have four to eight inches of rain over the next week to ten days. So uh, a lot of moisture and a not good timing now at a time when we need to be getting the crops in and out of the field and some severe weather possible with it as well. And we certainly don't need that. We remember a year ago when we had some high winds and, and uh, do some damage to some corn in south-central Nebraska that uh, left a lot of corn on the ground, and uh, we certainly don't want to see a repeat of that. And even associated with this, some snow in the western high plains. Tell me it's not so, not so soon. <laughs> no kidding. The guys want to get in and get this field taken care of. You know, we're looking at Japan. I wanted to ask you about this, a note that I had about them securing um, new crop corn. And it was like 230,000 metric tons, give or take. You know, the U.S. has basically the cheapest price corn in the world. And I say that because for all summer long, we did have the cheapest corn. And now Argentina is kind of competitive with us, very similar prices with us. So we are seeing good demand. Uh, and uh, Mexico has been a great client buying that corn. Other countries coming in. Mexico's probably been the lead buyer in all of this. Uh, we're seeing a rapid expansion of the pork industry in Mexico. Mexico. We're seeing per, uh, per capita consumption of pork go up about 5% per year in Mexico, and therefore it takes more feed and more soybeans in order to produce that pork. And uh, I think it's another reason why it's important to get this uh, U.S.-Mexico-Canada uh, trade agreement done is to support that. Overall, though, when we look at our export targets for both uh, corn and soybeans, we're, we're still trailing the pace that we need to be on in order to hit USDA's targets. USDA is a pretty aggressive target for corn, I think a little too aggressive. Uh, on soybeans, USDA has, has lowered that target significantly because of the trade spat uh, with China, uh, but we're still struggling even to hit that. So uh, we need to pick it up even more. Speaking of struggles, Arlen, that is happening on the live cattle side. Some sharp triple-digit losses moving into that trade this morning. And it seems to be following the lead of the pork market or the lean hog market. We saw the lean hog market rally on Monday uh, because of the U.S. uh, agreement with Canada and thinking, okay, we've, we've got a new revised NAFTA, so to speak, to replace the old NAFTA, a new agreement, the USMCA. Um, and it was a little bit surprising how we saw the cattle rally in that. But then uh, today, as the hog market collapsed, it seems to pull down the beef market as well. So there is some interconnection in that protein market. When we look at the fundamentals under this cattle market, uh, seeing some pretty good fundamentals. We've seen cash trade basically at 111 uh, on a live basis, 174, 175 on a dress basis, pretty consistently over the last several weeks. And now this week, we've seen some trade in the north that was even a little bit higher than that, equivalent of 112 on a live basis. And this, the futures market seems to have really priced that in pretty well. Prior to today, we pulled back a little bit today. Uh, I think much of the selling that we saw today was really technically motivated or chart motivated by the funds. 
I don't see any real significant issues here. We'll have to watch this winter weather in the west, but right now it's not looking like it's going to be too significant of an event for for the majority of the feedlot area, um, but something we'll have to keep an eye on. Uh, overall, though, I think this cattle market is fairly well supported with some strengthening fundamentals of slaughter numbers trending lower here over the next couple of months. Well, what about these hurdles that were thrown at the hogs? I was kind of hoping we would have continued with some positive, but they really took some sharp drops today. Yeah, the cash market continues to go higher, and that's why we saw the lead October hold on, but the rest of the months are pretty much down. And one of the concerns is with this uh, U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement that uh, we didn't do anything with the metals tariffs. Uh, for steel and aluminum, and that was why the tariffs, counter-tariffs were put on pork going to Mexico. So those are still in place right now. And so that was a little bit of a disappointment overall. In the near term, we have some good fundamentals, but this market had priced in expectations that we'd be seeing a lot of pork um, go to Mexico, and, and now some of that's in doubt. Can we can we turn it around for these livestock in the next couple of days and try to at least end the week on a positive note? I think that opportunity is there, um, and uh, the strongest strength here is is in the cattle. Of course, we need to see the cash trade support that. Need to see the product market seasonally higher. All right, sounds good. Best way for folks to reach you, Arlen. Intlfcstone.com. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.